You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Mark chapter 16, Mark chapter 16. I think we're going to read from verse 14. Mark chapter 16. Let's slip this in here so I don't lose that one. Mark chapter 16. The title of my message today is Those Who Believe. Those Who Believe. Now, I preached this message or this title at um, East Lake on Sunday. So this is Those Who Believe 2.0. So it'll come up as part two on the feed. And, and anyway, so come with me, Mark 16. So just so you don't get confused. So part one was down there. This will be part two. But I can't get it out of my spirit. Verse 14. Later he appeared to the 11 as they sat at the table and he rebuked their behavior. Excuse me. And he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen and he said to them go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature he who behaves and it, he who believes and is baptized will be saved but he who does not believe will be condemned and these signs will follow those who believe in my name they will cast out demons they will speak with new tongues they will take up serpents if they drink anything deadly will by no means hurt them they will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover verse 17 again and these signs will follow those who believe. In just a few moments that we have together tonight, I want to speak to you about those who believe. If you said, who are we at Awaken Church? We are those who believe. Who are we in, in San Diego? We are those who believe. What's the greatest thing that we can be in our city? We can be those who believe. Because everything ha travels from heaven into the earth through a people who believe. Jesus, of all the things to rebuke, He doesn't rebuke their attitude. He doesn't rebuke their haircut or lack thereof. He doesn't rebuke their dress. He doesn't rebuke their lack of tolerance or lack of compassion. He doesn't rebuke Peter for denying him three times. He doesn't rebuke the disciples that, you know, when I needed you most, you all fled each to your own home and left me all alone. He doesn't. He rebukes them for their unbelief. He, Jesus said, when I return, will I really find faith in the earth? Will I really find faith in the earth? He says, and these signs will follow those who believe. Yeah, but I don't know about your doctrine, do I? You know, like, it's, you know, you've got a theology and other people got, well, I don't need to argue theology because Jesus said that if you're believing right, you, you, you'll have a trail behind you. It's real simple. No trail. Oh, I'm not sure I'm going to buy into your theology. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. In this church, we don't believe that you got to coexist with the demons. In this church, we don't believe that you've got to just, well, you just got to put up with it and medicate demons. Can I tell you, you don't need to medicate a demon that needs to be cast out. We don't live under demonic oppression. We don't live under demonic territory. We don't live under demonic dominion. We break those things. We break agreements. We break assignments of the wicked one. We cast out demons. We, we, 
lay our hands on the sick and see them recover. We speak with new tongues. We have authority over all the power of the enemy. In this church, you will find that your life will go to another level as your believing goes to another level. So let me give you three quick thoughts. The first one is what are called the battle of believing. The battle of believing. The battle of believing. In Psalm 1, Psalm 1 is the very, very first Psalm. There's 150 Psalms. But the very, very first Psalm basically paints the, the backdrop. It, it, it sets the tone of the arena called planet Earth. Psalm 1 goes like this. It says, blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor does he stand in the path of sinners, nor does he sit in the seat of the scornful. So I want you to see the regression. Blessed is the man who walks not, so he's walking in the counsel of the ungodly. And then all of a sudden he finds himself no longer having forward momentum. He's now standing in the path of sinners. And then if he doesn't deal with that correctly, he's now sitting in the seat of the scornful. But the man that's blessed, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water who brings forth his fruit in season. Everything that man does shall prosper. The wicked are not so. They're like the chaff that the wind blows away. So in this world, in this world, you need to understand the Bible says that, that, that there's a price to the blessing. And the blessing is, I've got to understand that there's a world that wants to corrupt the word. And there's a culture that wants to corrupt kingdom. So I've made a decision. I've made a decision that I want to be blessed. And so I'm not going to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. I'm not going to stand in the path of sinners. I'm not going to sit. I refuse to sit in the seat of the scornful. But my delight shall be in, in His word. And I'll meditate in this thing day and night, morning and evening. So that I can be like a tree planted by rivers. So the great battle, the great battle is, is can you make God's word final? He is the alpha and the omega for a reason. Make, make him the first word in the morning and the last word at night. The Bible says that Goliath presented himself for 40 days. For 40 days, Goliath presented himself morning and evening. Morning and evening. God said to Joshua, Joshua, you're about to take over from Moses. Joshua's like, fantastic. Can I, can I get that, that magic stick that he's got? <laughs> Part seas, bring water out of a rock. I can't wait. You know, I, I think he took it with him up onto the mountain, but you buried him. You know, and God's like, no, you don't, you don't need the, the, the magic rod. So, what am I going to use? He says, meditate in my word day and night. For then you'll make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. Moses did part of Red Sea, but Moses never got the sun to stand still. Joshua said, sun, stand still, because the word was in his mouth. The word of God in your mouth is as powerful as the word of God in God's mouth because it's God's word. God watches over his word to perform it. God's word has powerful power so Goliath comes out morning and evening the devil knows if he can if he can get you a negative report in the the first thing in the morning and the last thing at night if he can get that if he can be the one that's don't let the devil set the tone of the day don't let the devil's voice in the morning 
cause you to have a bad day. And then when you put your head on the pillow at night, uh, the devil have the last thought and take away your sleep and ruin your sleep. Make a decision. You know what, devil? You ain't getting the first and the last. Last time I checked, God is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the Aleph and the Taf. He's the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. So I'm going to give the first part of my day to God. And you know what, devil? I'm going to bookend my day. I'm going to give the last of my day to God. It's the battle of believing. Jesus comes to the tomb and, and Lazarus is dead in, in, in the tomb. And it's, it's interesting because Martha said, Lord, if only you would have been here, you could have prevented this from happening. But Jesus didn't need to be there to pre prevent it from happening because uh, a few days earlier, Jesus said, this sickness won't end in death. And so the disciples turn up and think, well, you know, you can't be right all the time. He died, so I guess, you know, Jesus doesn't get it right every time. But Jesus wasn't wrong. He didn't say that Lazarus wouldn't die. He just said it wouldn't end there. He said this sickness won't end in death. And so the doctor's like, well, you got that one wrong. He's dead. Just like, I know. But it, you need to understand, like, I'm the author and the finisher of your faith. And my quill still has ink in it. And I'm still writing Lazarus's story. In fact, I'm about to write a brand new ending to the story and the life of Lazarus. Let me just tell you, there's some people here. You need God to come into your world. If you just believe he can write. So Jesus says to Martha, he says, roll away the stone. She says, Lord, please. No, no, no. It's the Middle East. It's stinking hot. He's in, an, he's in a non-ventilated cave with a stone. If we roll away the stone, what will come out, what will proceed from the cave is the, the rotting smell of a decomposing corpse. And Jesus rebukes Martha. He said, Martha, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? This world tells you that seeing is believing. This word tells you that believe and then you'll see. Believe and then you'll see. Believe and then you'll see. You and I have this technology because before we saw it, somebody believed it. We go to Disneyland because before we experience a ride, somebody believed that. If you wait till you, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Well, you're going to have a miserable life. You'll never see anything. But if you allow God to change your believing, if you allow God to change your believing, twice they were called Christians in the New Testament. Every other time they're referred to as believers. As believers, the battle is believing. Martha, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? So Martha's like, he's right. So they roll away the stone. As they roll away the stone, Jesus says, Lazarus, come for. I want you to notice Jesus doesn't go into the tomb. He doesn't try and jumpstart Lazarus. He didn't need to. Because when they rolled the stone in with, with Lazarus after he, he had expired, the word was already at work. God sends out his word and his word accomplishes. Isaiah 55 says, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It never returns to me void. It always accomplishes that for which I sent it forth. When they put Lazarus in the tomb, they didn't realize in the spirit realm, in the invisible realm, they put Lazarus in a tomb with a word hovering over him. And the word hovering over him is this will not end in death. This will not end in death. This will not end in death. Roll away the stone. Watch this. Lazarus, come for. And the Bible says, he who was dead came out of the tomb. Come on, somebody. If you 
believe different, you will see different. You will see different. So number one, the battle is believing. Number two is the GPS of believing. So the first one is the battle of believing, the GPS of believing. What does that mean? Well, just like you have a GPS that sets the coordinates to, to your destination, you need to understand that, that life flows in the direction of your believing. Life flows in the direction of your believing. <clears throat> Twelve spies... We call them spies, excuse me. Twelve leaders are selected. These are the leaders of the 12 tribes of Israel. 12 tribes of Israel. There's, 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 by now, there's close to 6 million Israelites. And they choose the top 12. They choose the, the cream of the crop. They choose 12 leaders, one representative from every tribe. And these 12 leaders, these go across their assignment is to spy out the land, which is the best way to enter. Which, and so they cross over and for 40 days, they spy out the promised land. But 10 of them come back with a negative report. 10 of them come back saying, the cities are fortified. The, the inhabitants are large. The people are numerous. It's a land that devours its inhabitants. Moreover, we saw the sons of Anak there. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And we were like grasshoppers in their sight. We got bad news. We are not able to take it. Joshua and Caleb stood aghast. Caleb quieted the people and said, what are you talking about? Their protection has departed from them. They are our bread. They are our food. Let us go up at once and take the land. Now, the 10 believed it couldn't be done. The two believed it could be done. Who was right? All 12 were right. The 10 who believed it couldn't be done were 100% correct. They died on this side of the Jordan River. They died on this side of the promise of God. They died on this side of entering into all that God had, a land flowing with milk and honey. Their belief proved 100% direct. But the two, correct, the two, Joshua and Caleb, they were also 100% right. They crossed the Jordan River. They took down Jericho. They took down Ai. They took down Jebus. They took down city after city, stronghold after stronghold. They divided the land. I don't know about you, but I don't want to limit my future. I don't want to limit my destiny by what I believe. The, the older I get, the longer I live, the less I believe the claptrap of the world and the more I believe the truth that is in the Word of God. The, the GPS of your life is in believing. When we lived in, in New Zealand, we did seven years in New Zealand. My first two beautiful boys were born in New Zealand. And one of, one of my youth leaders, a uh, magnificent young man, was, was uh, finishing his, his bachelor's in accounting. And, uh, and he, he told me, he came and he told me the craziest thing. Uh, we have a, a clothing store called Barker's, Barker's. And it's kind of like what Country Road used to be. It was like high-end. It was like a Kiwi high-end fashion. It's like the, the most expensive store for men's clothing in New Zealand is Barker's. And they opened one in our low socioeconomic area, Manukau City. And the, the owner of it was frustrated because he couldn't, he couldn't find a suitable manager to hire. And so my, my youth leader, one of my key youth leaders, Daniel, because he had to study it, said it was the craziest thing. He said that 
They got a consultant in and the consultant says, oh, this is what I want you to do. He says, very simple. I can fix your problem. And the owner says, well, I've, I've interviewed a dozen people. None of them uh, are any good. And he said, I can fix your problem. He says, you've got written here salary, $50,000 a year, which was a lot back in the 90s. And, uh, and he goes, oh, you know, listen, you know, I stretched to get this. I, I don't know if I can go much higher. He says, oh, no, no, I don't want you to go higher. He says, I want you to go low. I want you to drop it from 50 down to 35. He says, oh, no, 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 you don't understand. I need a full-time manager. He goes, I know. We'll leave it full time. He goes, well, no, no, no I, I need all the qualifications. Like he's got to have a degree in business management. They've got to understand retail. He's got to understand accounting. Like I, I can't lower the hours. He's like, no, no, leave all of the qualification, leave all of the requirements, leave all of the hours the same, just lower the salary. And he's like, at 50,000, I interviewed 12 people, couldn't find the right person. How on earth does lowering the salary help me? And the consultant said, sir, your store is in Manukau City. He said, it's a poor area. He says, when people see $50,000, they disqualify themselves in their head. They says, no, no point even, even applying. I, I don't want to face the rejection. I'm, I'm probably not worth $50,000. i am not a 50000 person. He says, but you lower that salary to thirty-five, dollars and they'll look and think, flip, I'm worth $35,000. i am at least worth thirty-five. So he, he, the store manager did exactly that, lowers the salary, same requirements, same hours, same everything, lowers it from 50,000 down to 35,000. They had 117 applications, more than a dozen were suitable, and they ended up with the manager. The GPS of believing, your life is heading in the direction of your believing. That's why the smartest people in San Diego come to the house of God, come to the house of transformation on a Wednesday night, because you know what you get in here? You get an infusion of faith from heaven. Every, every time I walk into the house of God, put out, your, put out your arm, put out your heart and say, God, bring an infusion of faith. Bring shift the way I believe. Jesus rebuked the disciples because of their unbelief, their hardness of heart, slow to believe. Why? Because the, the, the key that unlocks everything in your life is your believing. Those who believe in my name, they shall. Number three, really quickly, not doing too bad for time. That's like the first time. All right. Point number three, the equalization of believing is point number three. The equalization of believing. What does that mean? The equalization of believing. The greatest equalizer is faith. The greatest equalizer is believing. In the Old Testament, God had a favorite nation. What was the name of that nation? Israel. God, God's covenant with, was, was with Israel. God's blessing and favor was with Israel. God's king came out of Israel. God had favor on Israel. But when Jesus came, he opened the door and it went from instead of being uh, favor towards Israel or to the Jew, it's now John 3.16, for God so loved the world that his only begotten son that whosoever whosoever believes 
Whosoever believes, well, you know, what if I'm not Jewish? Whosoever believes, yeah, what if I'm short? Whosoever believes, what if I'm born on the wrong side of the tracks? Whosoever believes, what if I grew up in poverty? Whosoever believes, well, hang on, what, what if my parents split up when I was three? Whosoever believes, whosoever believes, whosoever believes, whosoever believes. What about my skin color? Got nothing to do with it. What about my ethnicity? Nothing to do with it. What about my lack of education? Nothing to do with it. Whosoever believes, whosoever believes, whosoever believes, whosoever believes, whosoever believes. You'll find all the way through the New Testament, John 4, 14. Whoever drinks of this water that I give him, whoever drinks of this water shall never thirst again. Whoever eats of this bread will never hunger again, the bread of life. Whoever receives my word, Matthew 10, 14, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. All the way through the scriptures, whosoever, 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 it is the greatest equalizer in the planet. It doesn't matter what your background. My, I was the son of an atheist. When I went to Bible college, when I went to Bible college, I would listen to the testimonies of second generation and third generation preachers, kids, and I would compare myself. The Bible says we're not wise when we compare ourselves, but I couldn't help it. I'm like, God, man, I don't have a father who was a preacher. I don't have a, my father was an atheist. He disowned me. He pounded on, on the, the hood of my car saying, not one cent, not one cent, because I was leaving engineering. And man, I got, and God, God spoke to me so clearly. And he said, Jürgen, you don't need a great heritage. You don't need, I'm just looking for someone who believes. Whosoever believes. And I'm like, God, so you're, you're, you're telling me this is a first generation Christian? that you can do great things through me, that I don't need to have a father and a whosoever believes, whosoever believes, whosoever believes, whosoever believes. I want to read, read a scripture and then tell one story. If I can, I may not be able to. Come in your Bibles to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 19. Ephesians 1, verse 19. And we're going to go from Ephesians 1, 19 into chapter 2 because our, our Bibles have chapter and verse, but when it was originally written, there were no chapters and verses. It just flows on. So one one nineteen says this, And what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe? What is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe? Notice it doesn't say toward us who behave, toward us who help the homeless. Toward us who walk on water, toward us who are holy, who have been praying and fasting. Just says, what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe? According to the working of His mighty power, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places, far above, far above all principality and power. Not far above some, not far above most, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. And every name that is named. They, they, they've diagnosed me with lymphatic, every name that is named. They've, they've diagnosed me with a rare, as soon as they've got a name, guess what? Jesus is seated above every name that is named. Not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put some things come on he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills all in all now watch this verse uh, chapter 2 verse 1 and you he made alive 
who were dead in your trespasses, in our trespasses and sins, in which we once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you've been saved, and raised us up together. And this is where I want you to underscore and underline. And made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So this is, this is what I want you to catch. Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. Far above every principality, every power, every throne, every might, every dominion, above every name. That's where Jesus is seated. So most Christians know that that's where Jesus is seated. But what most Christians don't understand and what bad theology doesn't like teaching because it empowers people rather than leaves people vulnerable to being manipulated is the Bible says that while you and I were in our sins what Jesus did on the cross he made us alive and he didn't just make us alive here on the earth but you and I are seated in Christ in the heavenly places at the right hand of the Father far above every principality every power every throne and every dominion when 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 we wrestle with the devil we we, we don't fight a devil on on level terms he is beneath our feet the Apostle Paul says, God will soon crush Satan under your feet. He's meant to be under your feet. You are head, not the tail. You are above only, not beneath. God has exalted you and I to live in the heavenly realm. That's where you order. You order understand that you are seated at the right hand of the Father. You are seated in Christ Jesus. That when you speak, it's, it's, it's Christ's voice that goes to the Father. He answers your prayers. He loves you. You have authority. Don't let the devil rob. Don't let the devil steal. Don't let the devil kick you around. Just make a decision. You know what, devil? As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. You know what's not happening anymore, devil? This strife. You know what's happening anymore, devil? The, the, the torment of my children. You know what's not happening anymore? We're not having a spirit of confusion. Not in my house. Not in my home. No, no more. We're not. You know what? devil you can break we break that spirit of addiction you can take it out of here right you, when you realize where you're seated when I when I lived in in uh, in Manukau City uh, gosh we had uh, just had the, the the best youth group so many personalities but I knew because it was a it was a pretty poor area gang-ridden area a lot of abuse a lot of brokenness almost all the kids came from broken homes I knew that the one saving thing for our young people was a prayer meeting. And I don't do well with prayer meetings inside. If I'm praying inside, I'm like, Shabra darre, get him. I've got to put the lid back on there. Oh, hang on, I'm distracted. Shabra darre, man, that's the coolest. You've cracked your And so I get distracted. I get distracted. But I love praying outside. So, so we, we went up to Manukau Heights. And you could see 360 degree view over our city, Manukau. You could see all the way out into Howick and, and East Auckland. And, and we would go up there to pray. And, and it was just God, God just did the most amazing miracles. We'd have a guitar. We'd be worshiping. Well, this one, one Wednesday, we see these kind of guys all dressed in black. 
And then we start the prayer meeting and then they come over and go, what are you guys doing? And we said, well, we're, you know, we're, we're praying. And they said, oh, well, we're Satanists. And they just, they just like slaughtered a chicken or something. And uh, true story. And they had like blood there and everything. And they're like, oh, you know, how long are you guys going to be? And we're like, well, why? And they're like, because we can't, we can't get through while you're here. So I said, well, we'll probably be here quite some time. So we were, we were praying. This is a true story. So we were praying. And about maybe 45 minutes later, you know, they're, they're kind of pacing backwards and forwards. And then I saw one of the guys on his cell phone. And the next minute a car comes pulling up and three guys get out. There's a true story. Three guys get out with crossbows. Dressed in black and they've got crossbows with arrows in there. And they come walking towards our youth group. And this, we've got maybe 45, 50 kids, you know, most of them teenagers, and they're walking towards us. And I'm just thinking they've got three people with crossbows. I'm, you know, my brain is already looking at tomorrow's newspaper, you know, youth pastor killed, you know, with arrow through forehead. You know, I'm, lo- I'm looking, you know, you know, youth shot by, you know, Satanists, you know, whatever. But, but as they're walking towards us behind their, their bow and arrows, the Spirit of the Lord, this is a true story, Spirit of the Lord, I had fear. And I'm thinking, I can't hide behind these kids. I'm the shepherd. The kids are freaking out. They're, they're looking because they see these three Satanists coming with crossbows, with arrows in the crossbow. As they're walking towards me, true story, the Spirit of the Lord comes upon me and I just start speaking in tongues. True story. I start, and I find my legs moving towards them. Now, if I was honest with you, if I was honest with you, I'm like, legs, what are you doing? And I'm like, and I'm trying to go the other way, but my legs are, and I'm like, in my head, I'm trying to go back here, but I'm, and these Satanists just freaked and they stop and they're looking at me. And they look at each other and I'm walking towards them. And then all of a sudden my youth leaders, my youth leaders are now behind me in my way. And they're like, and they're all praying in tongues. And then the, the Satanists look at each other. They turn around and they, they, they fled back to their car, got in their car, you know, and took off. And we're all cheering and it was just amazing. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. What God is looking for in San Diego, those who believe, those who believe. Do you believe the Word of God? Do you believe the promises of God? Did you know that all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus? Come on, stand to your feet. I'm out of time. Come on, give the Lord a praise. Give the Lord a praise. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.